and welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at a case of In the Matter of an Application by Rosaline Dalton for Judicial Review. And the citation for this case is 2023 UKSC 36. And this case concerns human rights issues that took place during the period of the Troubles in Northern Ireland. Sean Dalton died in a bomb explosion in 1988 that became known as the Good Samaritan bombing because the three friends who died had only gone to check on a neighbour who had been kidnapped by the IRA. The IRA did indeed claim responsibility for the explosion and apologised because the intention was only to kill soldiers, not civilians. The police investigated but did not ultimately bring any charges. An inquest into Dalton's death took place the following year, but simply concluded that he died from injuries suffered in the explosion. Jumping ahead in time, in 2005, the late Mr Dalton's son lodged an official complaint with the police ombudsman of Northern Ireland about the behaviour of the police throughout the investigation of his father's death. The ombudsman launched a full investigation that only reported back in 2013. That report did criticise the police and their investigation, while also noting that the Ombudsman's own report had been hampered by missing documents and the refusal of some officers to cooperate. With that report in hand, the Dalton family asked the Attorney General of Northern Ireland to open a fresh inquest into Sean Dalton's death. The argument was that a fresh inquest ought to take into account the Ombudsman's report because a coroner would be able to compel police officers to answer questions, even if they did not want to. However, that request was refused, and that brings us to our current case. Dalton's daughter, Rosaline, challenged the decision of the Attorney General in the High Court on the basis that Article 2 of the European Convention on Human Rights imposes a positive obligation on public authorities to investigate an individual's death. The High Court dismissed the challenge, but the Court of Appeal allowed her appeal. Now, the Attorney-General appeals to the Supreme Court, and that is where we pick things up. The first thing that the Justices noted was the similarity with other recent cases that were heard before the Supreme Court, notably the Finucan case from 2019 and the McQuillan case from 2021. I won't go into the detail of those decisions now, but they were covered on the podcast, so feel free to go back and listen to those episodes if you want a bit more context. Anyway, the justices decided not to depart from the decision in Finucan, despite some criticism of the wide, multifactorial reasoning in that case. Furthermore, they held that the obiter in paragraph 144 of McQuillan sets out the correct analysis in these types of cases. That paragraph notes that the obligation under Article 2 of the Convention to investigate a death exists for a period of 10 years before the Human Rights Act came into force in October 2000. However, it goes on to say that, quote, In our judgment, an extension beyond the normal 10-year limit of up to two years is permissible, where there are compelling reasons to allow such an adjustment constituted by circumstances that a any original investigation into the triggering death can be seen to have been seriously deficient, and b, the bulk of such investigative effort which has taken place post-dates 
the relevant critical date. End quote. This creates a limitation of 12 years, and beyond that the convention values test would have to be satisfied, but that only exists to deal with crimes under international law, like war crimes, genocide, or crimes against humanity. Unfortunately for the Dalton family, this makes the application of the law to their case fairly simple. Dalton's death occurred more than 12 years before the Human Rights Act came into force, and the Convention Values Test is clearly not satisfied. As such, there is no claim, and domestic courts here in the UK do not have jurisdiction under the Human Rights Act. Before we finish and move on to our analysis of this case, there are also a couple of other issues worth mentioning. Firstly, it was held that the obligation under Article 2 is not confined only to investigations that may ultimately lead to the identification and punishment of perpetrators. Secondly, it was also felt that the Article 2 obligation was satisfied by the report of the Ombudsman, and so no further inquest was necessarily required. Okay, there are a few things to cover in respect of the analysis of this case. The first is a minor point really, but is important in the context of the politics of the Supreme Court. When it came to those two additional issues that I mentioned at the end of the judgement, the President of the Court, Lord Reid, did not offer an opinion. There are a couple of possible reasons for this. He may have wanted to keep his powder dry, or appear above the fray on issues not directly related to the decision. In any case, I don't think that that is good enough. The lower courts look to the top court of the land for guidance on cases, and the failure of the president to be at all helpful is a real shame. While there are legitimate criticisms of Reed's predecessor, Lady Hale, she would not shy away from difficult topics. The conservativeness of Lord Reed is a problem that I have spoken and written about before on a number of occasions, but Cases like this demonstrate that it is a real and worsening issue. The next thing is that this is certainly not the end of the line for the Dalton family. After the judgment was given, they said that they were disappointed, but not surprised by the outcome. Meanwhile, their legal representative from KRW Law said that they were considering whether to bring the case before the European Court of Human Rights. That will almost certainly be the outcome, and they have a fair chance of success although it is certainly no guarantee. Finally, the fact that this case has been brought 35 years after the death of Sean Dalton shows how the troubles still have an impact on the lives of people living in Northern Ireland. This is contrary to what the government would have us believe. After the Northern Ireland Troubles Legacy and Reconciliation Act received royal assent last month, the legislation essentially sets up a commission that would deal with around 1,000 unsolved killings, but it would offer a controversial conditional amnesty to those accused of the killings in exchange for co cooperating with the Commission in their investigations. The Council of Europe, the body responsible for upholding the European Convention on Human Rights, has already condemned the legislation, as have many others. Instead of creating stability and reconciliation, the government is determined to undermine the Good Friday Agreement that brought the conflict to an end. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. A quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks including more content from me each week, 
and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. This week in the newsletter, I've actually talked about another inquiry, which is to do with Andrew Malkinson, who was um, convicted of rape and eventually had that uh, conviction overturned about 20 years after the sentence was passed. An inquiry is looking into how this happened, and I discuss how the refusal of the government to make that into a statutory inquiry could have a serious impact on any outcomes that are reached. Anyway, if that sounds like something you're interested in, then do check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!